0: Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Kahn.
1: If your brand is not involved with some sort of social corporate responsibility, you're missing out on a huge audience.
0: Today on episode 544 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the founder of Find Corporate Sponsors, Arlene Warwick. I'm going to ask Arlene how a crisis makes it easier to offer value that a potential sponsor will want and much more. You can find out more about Arlene along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Right now, digital marketing is more important than ever to keep your business going. Your clients need to know you are here to help them deal with their challenges our friends at SiteHub have many resources to help your audience stay aware of how you can help them. Contact SiteHub today at yoursitehub.com. That's yoursitehub.com. Now let's welcome Arlene Warwick. Arlene shows businesses, entrepreneurs and nonprofits how to find large sums of money to build their businesses and organizations. She teaches people how to partner with local businesses and corporations so they can work with them and get paid handsomely to do so. After learning from her own experiences and years of research, Arlene now guides businesses through a system that reveals the easiest approach to finding the best partnerships so they can grow, blossom, and bloom. Arlene, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I am looking so forward to this. I've been looking forward to it all morning. I even got up early because I was so excited.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm really excited to have you on. You have a really interesting niche. A lot of people would love to be able to get sponsorships. You know, whether they're creating content like we do. That's one way sponsorships can be helpful. If you're running events, sponsorships can be helpful. I'm sure you know way more about the different places where where sponsorships can be helpful, but but a lot of business owners and nonprofits as well would love to be able to figure out how to tap into this. How did you first get into this?
1: Oh gosh, that's that's a story in itself. I was doing animal rescue and my niece and I were, So it was one morning, one summer morning, I live in Florida, and I was just getting ready to sit down for a nice cup of coffee, and my niece called me, and she said, Arlene, I don't know what to do. I just, I don't know what to do. You've got to get here right now. And so I knew it was not going to be good because we were doing animal rescue. So I drive down to where she is, and she was at this fish camp. And I stepped out of my car. it's it's like a hundred degrees, and the smell just hit me. It was awful. And I looked down and there's like the sea of cats. There's like forty cats all over the place. And there's these tiny kittens that had featherweight bodies, and their heads were like dense golf balls. They couldn't even hold their heads up. And I didn't know what to do, so I just started picking up these kittens and stuffing them in my pockets, because you know what else can you do? and it has a happy ending, so don't worry. <laughs> but that's when it hit me that, okay, we're, we're doing this volunteer work and we think we're doing so well. And, you know, we're in our comfort zone trying to do what we can. And we were just barely, you know, hitting the tip of the iceberg as far as what needed help or who needed help or what kind of situations needed help. So that's when I sat back and I Realize that companies and nonprofits that have really excelled have all have sponsors. And the ones that you know are barely making it don't have sponsors. Now, a lot of people think that you have to be big to have a sponsor and it's kind of the opposite. Sponsors help you grow and they help make your business reach certain heights or your nonprofit reach certain heights. So I started doing my research and studying and and everything. And we were lucky. We, we got a sponsor pretty quickly. And it was a veterinarian and they took care of all 40 of those cats. They spay neutered them. They helped us find homes. They did some surgeries. They gave a medication and it would have cost us about $25,000 to do it on our own. And they didn't charge us a penny. So that's when I realized, you know, the money is there. Um, but people aren't finding it because they don't know where to look for it. They don't know how to begin looking for it. And they're missing out on such opportunities because they don't know where to begin.
0: Yeah. So did you develop, how quickly did you develop a process for being able to do this that you found was successful and could be repeated?
1: Well, it took me a while. It took a few years of research and reading and learning about it. And, um, finally I, I got it down to where, you know, it wasn't trial and error anymore. I knew what to do. I knew how to approach people and I knew what they're looking for because it's, it's not a donation. A lot of people think that sponsorships are donations, but it's not. It's when a company or, A person commits to give you money or resources to a business or a nonprofit, and they do that in exchange for a specific promotion or promotional benefits. So it's a symbiotic relationship where both parties benefit. And I think that's what keeps a lot of people from seeking relationships or thinking that they even qualify because they think they have to be a nonprofit or charity and they think it's a donation.
0: So there's an exchange of value.
1: Exactly. You know, a lot of people think, oh, we have this great charity or we have this great idea. And it's, it's really not about your business or your nonprofit. It's about what you can do for the sponsor.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important to note, Arlene, that as you said, it wasn't like overnight that you... Develop the system. It, it took you some time, took you some research, and it took you some trial and error to actually develop a system that you could repeat.
1: Right, because so many people just go about it the wrong way. You know, you have to really become familiar with your sponsors that or potential sponsors know exactly what they want, what they've been doing, and it's not that difficult. But you do have to do some research and make it about what you can offer them. A lot of people think. Oh, well, you know, a sponsorship is a booth at an event. And that is one part of a sponsorship, but that's just one tiny part. There are so many added, you could add so much more value in a, a lot more ways to sponsors.
0: Yeah. Would you say it's a little bit like looking at a sponsor as your customer and you're taking the customer through a journey and they, they have a problem that they have to solve and you can help solve it?
1: I like the way you said that. Yes, that that's that's a real good explanation. Yes. And what their problem is, they want more visibility so they can have notoriety so that they can get more clients because what they care about is their return on investment. You know, they're in business to make money and you have to show them how you can give them that exposure.
0: Mm. So what, what are some of the basic steps that you have to go through?
1: Well, one thing you have to do is you have to know how to approach the sponsor and you have to realize that, again, it's not about you. It's it's becoming familiar with them, letting them know you you've done your research and then knowing, you know, devising a plan of different levels of what you can offer them for X amount of money or in kind gifts or resources.
0: Okay. So once you identify who they are
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you figure out what you can offer them that would be valuable to them help them gain some exposure mm-hmm. what's next
1: well you say well you have to okay let's see you, you identify them you reach out to them now they're not going to come to you you have to go to them so you have to know how to reach out to them build a relationship and then you find out it kind of depends like we used to be putting on events now it's a little bit easier to get sponsors in a sense because it used to be i guess i might be jumping the gun here but with with covid mm-hmm. and us everybody wants to be a hero and we need local leaders we need people to emerge in their communities so in the past it was you had to find the right sponsor that had the same interest as you for instance some companies they get involved and want to partner with other businesses or nonprofits that for example work on childhood diabetes or clean water in Africa but now everybody is so involved with helping their local community when you turn on TV you on the TV you see people making masks, children making cookies for the firefighters, people bringing dinners to medical teams. So right now, everyone wants to be known or seen, or not everyone, but most people want to help. So it's a great segue. It's a great way to get local sponsors when you have a plan that involves the community to do something good for the community and you build the sponsor up as being the the good guy. You're doing goodwill for the community. You're both doing good in the community, and because of the situation now, it's very easy to get on your local TV, local radio stations, newspapers, and you know, tons. You can get tons of visibility that way.
0: Mm. So, if you have a, a business that's a knowledge based business, like a uh... Consulting business or a coaching business. Right. What kinds of thinking do you need to do to figure out where you might be able to make some connections with potential sponsors?
1: Okay. So, what I've with my clients, what we've been doing lately is starting locally and letting them know this is a great opportunity. Even though you might work nationally or internationally, start locally because. If a car dealer becomes your sponsor or a bank becomes your sponsor, they have corporate offices. So, working locally, you can have a true a smooth transition to build that relationship and a true smooth transition to reach the corporate office and get your information in their national website or your pictures or videos on their Newsletters nationally. So you start locally working for the community and then you can expand and to the national level. Does that Mm. make sense? Did I explain that?
0: Yeah. What I've seen, I've seen some uh, consulting or coaching businesses where the owner of the business has a a particular interest in helping solve a, a problem in the community. Right. Like they, let's say they, they, um, One interest is around helping those with fewer resources, families with fewer resources that are trying to boost the education of their children. Like right now, Mm -hmm. schools are closed. Kids are getting homeschooled. If you have a big enough home so your kids have a dedicated space to connect with their classmates and their teachers online and you have good Internet, connection and you have a computer that the child can use, then that child is at a greater advantage that compared to a family where there may be um, the house isn't so big or they live in a small apartment with a lot of people. So there isn't a quiet space for the kids to connect. They may not have a dedicated device or they may not have a device at all. So I've seen consulting and coaching business, they might want to dedicate some uh, method to be able to help those kids that are lacking some of those resources to to gain some some of them, and there may be some sponsors that may want to help with that.
1: Right, and that's what I do. I show you how to set up a plan to involve the sponsors and involve you know doing something good in the community, and it's it's really kind of fun because everyone is so involved now and they want to do something. Good, you know, to help others because we're all in this together. So it's e- easier in a sense that companies and corporations are not being so specific in who they're helping because now just helping the community is such a great thing that whatever they do, like getting the computers for kids or helping a food bank or just, you know, helping with a collection for pet food, that type of thing. So in the meantime, you set up a plan with the sponsor being the hero and you also as a community hero. And you are, you're helping the community. You're getting your name out there. You're getting money from the sponsors to set up the plan. And then Like I mentioned, you have your in to grow and move up the ladder to the corporate level.
0: Right. Now, when when you're dealing with a large corporation as as Mm -hmm. the either potential sponsor or sponsor, how important is it to have some kind of local personal relationship to get in the door?
1: Well, I think, you know, everybody wants to reach out to go to the big corporate sponsors, because, of course, you're going to get a lot more money that way but that could take months and months so when you start locally you are then able to say look what we did in in our community you know here's proof of what we did here's some interesting tidbits here's a story about it here is here are some pictures and then they can spotlight you on their headquarters website so now they already know you they've you've made that connection instead of just coming out of the blue saying, this is what we can do for you. And we want to want you to be your, our sponsor. You've already proven to them that you have done something and they become familiar with you. They know who you are. The media center of the corporation, the media connection knows who you are. It's a big step in the right direction to start locally. And it's, it's quicker. You can get sponsors a lot faster than trying to reach out to the headquarters because that could take months and months. But locally, you can get sponsors within weeks.
0: Arlene, what's a good example of a business that didn't have sponsorship on their radar and okay. was able to get a program started?
1: Okay, so this is someone a while back, a friend of mine, and... She had a charter fishing boat in New Orleans and she wanted sponsors. So she went around to some different sporting goods stores and fish bait and tackle shops and somebody gave her some fishing lures and asked her to take those out and try them out and let them know how it works. So she did that. She wrote an article for the local magazines, put it on the websites of some of the local companies. And then someone approached her and said, here, we want you to try out some of our equipment. And they gave her thousands of dollars of equipment, rods and reels. And then she wrote an article and I submitted it to some of the national fishing magazines and boating magazines. And then she didn't even have to contact them. A big car company from England contacted her and said, we want to send our people down on one of your boats. Will you take them out in a tournament? We want you to wine and dine them. Here's some money for all your trouble and effort. And then it just grew and grew and grew to where people were starting to contact her, a sunglass company and and different companies were then contacting her because just from starting with fishing lures, she worked her way up and became known internationally. I love that story. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's that's fascinating. You know, which speaks to what you said earlier, which is start small Mm -hmm. and grow from there.
1: Right. And, you know, you're not limited to one sponsor. You can have as many sponsors as you want. So you have different levels of sponsorship. Someone might want to sponsor a lower tier and someone might want, you know, so you can have as many as you want. And one one thing I do want to mention for everyone that if your brand is not involved with some sort of social corporate responsibility, you're missing out on a huge audience. Because Mashable, according to Mashable, 88% of people prefer to buy products or deal with a company that is involved by doing some social good, and 84% of those people will refer that company to friends and family. So everyone is kind of turning toward, you know, it's not just about the company. They want to work with someone that's aware of becoming helpful in the world.
0: Yeah, for sure. Arlene, what have you learned about what it takes to develop a repeatable system that you can then teach to other people?
1: Well, I think the thing I've learned is You have to really have a plan and reach out. So speaking is great. Going around and letting people know who you are, finding different people is is how I got going. And just reaching out and following up is the main thing because I read, and I can't remember where, but most people don't follow up. They just don't follow up. And I think it's... Most deals are made after the eighth or 12th connection. So a lot of people give up. If you want a sponsor, you have to approach them in the correct manner. If they say no, then you find out why and ask them, okay, how about if I contact you in a few months and just get to know them and, you know. You don't want to bug them to death, but you do kind of want to maintain a relationship where you are definitely on their radar and you let them know some of the things you're doing and your progress and just try to make it as much of a friendship as you can. And, you know, let them know that you want to help them.
0: Yeah. That's well said. Darlene, so you've done a great job developing your expertise in this particular niche, which I think is, is really fascinating. What What's your dream for your business? What do you want it to, where do you want it to go next?
1: My dream is to help the environment and animals. And my dream is to be able to get as many people involved so we can all, you know, it, it sounds silly in a sense, because it's like, save the world situation. (laughs) And I know that sounds kind of silly, but I really started this because I wanted to help. And I, I just want to expand and reach as many people that see the value of it and understand the value of sponsorship and that they can get sponsors. It's not just for charities. It's not just for nonprofits. But it is for anybody that has the desire, and are that are willing to follow through,
0: which I think is really important. Arlene, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything that we've discussed today, or, or access any resources that you have, where is the best place for them to go?
1: Okay, so I do have some some handouts. If they go to info at find corporate sponsors. They can get a list of 100 different companies, corporations, and who they've, the types of businesses or nonprofits they've worked for in the past, and also a list of 100 corporations and contact information. And if they'd like to talk to me, I could give them a a lot of tips on how to get started. And again, it's info at Find Corporate Sponsors. Just put 100 in the subject line, and I can get that information to them.
0: Okay, so you want them to email you with that information?
1: Yes, that would be great. They just email me and put 100 in the subject line. I'll send them some documents, and if they'd like to talk, we can set up a time.
0: Sounds great. Well, Arlene, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share your your insights and your experiences developing this uh, unique set of skills. My guest today has been the owner and founder of Fine Corporate Sponsors, Arlene Warwick. Thank you again, Arlene, for joining us.
1: Thank you. I hope I help some people out there.
0: When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned how a crisis makes it easier to offer value that a potential sponsor will want and much more. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them smash the plateau. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Smashing the Plateau to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.